Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a lovely virgin guest to my show, but he's probably not a virgin himself. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Mr. Shane Jones of Inquiries of Our Reality. How are you, my dear? Doing great. And by the way, I have two kids, so not quite a virgin, but (laughs) virgin to the show at least. (laughs) So I'm popping your uh, cherry on our show today. I'm excited that you are here with me today. I want the guests to get to know you because um, you and I have hooked up recently and become uh, buddies and I love you dearly. So I want everybody else in the podcast community to know you as well. So tell them a little bit about you. Um, I guess starting from the beginning, um, I guess how far back do you want me to go as far as, uh, do you want me to just talk about currently or do you want me to like go back? <laughs> no, you can go back. You can tell everybody everything they need to know. Well, I guess we'll leave the basics and then we can get into it as we get into the episode. So starting my open-minded experience in life, um, as a kid, I used to astro travel. And I didn't realize what I was doing, but not anywhere Mm -hmm. far. So I kind of just like see myself sleeping. Um, Getting into it as I get older, I had some different encounters with like shadow beings and things. Mm -hmm. Um, Building up to just me being kind of just like a different open-minded kind of person that never really fit in with the crowd. So I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts, uh, researching a bunch of things. I was getting into whatever happened to spark my interest. And then... uh, decided one day just to voice up and started my show. And, uh, ever since then I've been trucking at it. Um, got a sideshow called big dumb inquiries with Kyle, which is like a swap cast style. So we both post it. That's um, Kyle from big dumb podcast for all you listeners, you know, Kyle and you love him. Kyle's the best, absolute best. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and then uh, I'm also starting up another show with a uh, ghost from my third eye. Um, called oh, I love Bizarre ghost encounters. Yeah, we yeah. have a bunch of mutual friends. We didn't even come around yeah. to knowing each other until like a week or two ago. <laughs> Ghost was just on my show recently. We got into all kinds of things when we were talking. So let me let me ask you a question. Like when you were growing up, um, were you always inquisitive about things or or is this something newer that you're kind of like waking up to uh, things in our reality i guess <laughs> i guess uh I, I got in trouble asking too many questions like um not that i have anything against any religion so i, I don't want to come off that way popping into it but uh like i used to go to church with my mom when i was a kid and mm-hmm. i just asked her a lot of questions to the point where she like got irritated that i asked so many questions and stopped taking right. me not because i was trying to be rude but just as a kid i'm just trying to figure right, stuff out because you want to know yeah Exactly. And that's not, it's not being rude and it's not attacking um, religion because I grew up in Catholic church, Catholic school, um, and I had a lot of questions and I saw things that I was like, yeah, some shit is not right here. And so, um, yeah, people, people that listen to me already know that I've had some um interesting experiences in that aspect. I don't go to Catholic church anymore, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the hard part about religion, though, is it's kind of like most people I feel that are honestly religious, religious, like don't Mm -hmm. go to church anymore because they see the corruption within the church, you know? Right. And that's, you know, that's a whole 
deep conversation because you're always going to have the people that believe um, if you don't go to an actual building, then then you're not really a believer, you know, or you don't do this or you don't do that. Whatever set in the box at that moment that they think you should be in, you know, a particular box to be able to have faith and believe. And, and I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I have a deep rooted belief, but I'm I'm not one of those people. Yeah, my whole thing is it's just like there's so many translations of it. There's so many different people kind of putting their spin on it through the years that it's like right. you don't really know where the initial ground stands at this point because it's so far mm-hmm. from it. So it's like all the ideas that we've come up with could be completely different from what the original religion intended. And we'll never mm-hmm. really know that because you can't really go back, at least at this current point that we know of in time and actually ask those people these questions, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or go back even farther and just know the answer to everything. <laughs> Unless we astral travel. No. <laughs> yeah. Theoretically. <laughs> so, so when was it that you um, realized that you had had that experience? So, are you talking about the religion part or are you talking about the astral projection part? Yeah, the projection part. So when I was really little, I didn't really understand what was happening. I just kind of thought it was a dream, but I would leave and see myself sleeping. I never really went anywhere far. I would just kind of be around myself. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like uh, like something was watching, but not something like bad, just kind of something mm-hmm. like curious watching me. Right. And um. I'd always get sleep paralysis directly after too. So that was also kind of a weird thing that I kind of started knowing mm-hmm. when I was dreaming versus when I was doing this, because I would notice that every time I would get sleep paralysis after, and then, uh, kind of moving forward into being a teenager. Um, obviously everybody kind of has like emotional issues as a teenager because every teenager's angsty too, at least, at least a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, you know, I was going and around partying. Some adults are still that way. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> So I was like uh, going around partying, doing shit like that. So at that time, rather than it being something curious watching me, it was kind of something dark where I would have shadow people. Essentially, I'd see like moving shadows and things when I was stuck Mm -hmm. in like the sleep paralysis aspect. And I always had this uh, one in particular with green eyes that I'd always notice and catch. But it wasn't like I could make out any detail of him. It was just kind of like a dark shadow that would kind of be off in the corner with his eyes green. But they never mm-hmm. got close, like in most people's shadow people stories. Like they kind of were just kind of off at the distance, like watching from a distance. Like they didn't, right? Weren't, wouldn't come close. But uh, I guess it'll kind of lead into a farther part in the story. But I'll say that it doesn't end sad because it kind of sounds like it starts off sad. But um, when I used to astro travel, the I'd always just kind of be around myself. But there's this one particular time where I ended up at the best way to describe it is, is like the middle of space inside of like a purple nebula. And I wasn't really like floating or standing. I was just kind of existing in it. And I thought it was a dream. And then I uh, like woke up and had sleep paralysis after. So fast forward to about two years ago, um, my girlfriend and I were trying to have another kid. And we ended up figuring out that at eight weeks that it didn't have a heartbeat. So she ended up having to, it, it wouldn't miscarry. So she ended up having to get a DNC and get it removed. So mm-hmm. I was going through kind of like a tough time at that time. And I had this one dream where I went to that same place that I saw when I was a teenager. And there was this little boy that looked like me, probably like six or so. And he said, that one wasn't a good one. I'll see you on the next one. So then fast forward a little bit. It's I think like a month or two later. I don't remember exactly when it was. We figure out that she's pregnant again. And then a little bit after that, we figure out that she's having a boy 
And now I have this, my son is seven months, about to turn eight months now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm waiting till he's like six because I'll purposely wake up every morning and I'll try to visually remember what the kid looked like in the dream so that it doesn't push away or astral travel, whatever you want to call it. Right. And w- when he reaches six, I'm going to see if, you know, that's if it's the same same one, because it obviously helped me through a pretty tough time at the time, knowing that he was there and saying, I'll see you on the next one. That wasn't a good one. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it's so interesting that you had those events happen to you because I have talked to so many people and everybody that has, um, you know, sleep paralysis has always seen like shadow figures and, and things like that. Um, some people, uh, more so have like almost harmful beings that, you know, watch them or whatever. I I had a guest on the show before that, um, said her experience, they actually like did something to her leg you know, like implanted something in her leg and, and she had like all kinds of circulation issues and problems after that. But everybody talks about the sleep paralysis with that, which is very interesting and fascinating to me. Yeah. Especially cause it's like, kind of like people, like shadow people don't seem to have a motive that's span across all of them. Like some of them kind of sit and observe other ones interact. And I've always kind of wondered if it's either one, the same being, but just different groups of them obviously have different intentions or Mm -hmm. theoretically, if there's just things that we can't perceive with our eyes. So we perceive all of them as just like a dark shadow, but they Mm -hmm. could be different types of beings because implanting stuff almost sounds kind of like extraterrestrial, interdimensional, whatever you want to call it, like alien, like, you know, so maybe there is just like, we can't see certain colors or something. So it just doesn't come across our eyes properly. So we could be, you know, all these different types of shadow people that we're referring to could all be different beings altogether for all we know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me how, Everybody has very, very different um, experiences, even though some of them are similar. Um, have you run across Nico yet? Yeah, I love Nico. Yeah. <laughs> Shout it, out to Nico, Upstate Unconventional. <laughs> yeah, Nico and I have had some very interesting uh, conversations about, you know, the the beings that he would see like when he had sleep paralysis and, and how um, like they were almost like wraiths, you know, with the loud screeching and, and stuff like that. And then other people like they're helpful and, you know, like if you go to bed and you're thinking about like you couldn't find something or whatever, they like throw the thing out or whatever, put it where you can find it. So it's so interesting. How do you, how do you see that happening? Like, what would be your guess as to why they're so different with with different people? I mean, my idea, for at least what I've kind of gathered for myself, is that if there's a place called the void, I like to believe that they might be like the people or the creatures or whatever you want to call them, the beings that come from the void. Mm-hmm. So, just like most like extraterrestrials, I guess you could say, or just anything in general, they all have different missions, different things that they're going for. So, I mean, if we're not perceiving, if if there are possibly different things, like we could have some that are intended to be here to be helpful, almost like watchers. 
And then there could be another dark side of them where they're here to do experiments. And then there could be another side of them where they're here to just gather information. Cause there's a lot of people that say that they're, they'll observe. So, I mean, almost all of those aspects almost kind of fall into observing whether you're experimenting or not. It's still like a form of observing something. So, I mean, maybe it's something without shape. So they like to take the shape of something that they feel is familiar with this realm. Um, Mm -hmm. Or it's again, like I was kind of saying something that we just can't perceive properly because uh, I had somebody on my show recently, um, Mike Ricksecker And he had this kind of like paranormal aspect idea to them where like some people will perceive an apparition as like a full color apparition and some of them will perceive it as like a dark shadow. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of questioning if it might kind of depend on like the cones in your eyes in general, where two people might be looking at the same entity and seeing a totally different thing to begin with. Right. I think um, to me, and I've, I've never experienced that. Um, but I, I kind of feel like their energy, you know, like, <clears throat> and, and I know that for a lot of people, this is going to sound like just batshit nuts and, and crazy woo woo stuff, but you cannot deny it when there's a lot of people that have these type of experience. But I wonder if it's not, um, like some kind of energy being and they pick up like uh, or take the form of whatever kind of energy is in the household, you know. And if if there's a a household that like has a lot of turmoil and trauma and and things like that, if that's where the more aggressive ones come from, or maybe not. I mean, that would make sense. So. I've had a lot of people that have thought that they're kind of like energy harvesters to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So right. that that would fit though. If they're harvesting negative energy, then they're going to come off as angry, violent, whatever. And if mm-hmm. they're s- sucking in like positive energy, then maybe they're just more like watchful. Where yes, if you perceive them, they're still going to look scary because they're like a dark shadow watching off mm-hmm. in the distance. But at the same time, they could have positive intentions because of the positive intention that's in the household, where they're kind of just like curious, right. you know, more so than anything. Right. <clears throat> and, and I kind of feel like, uh, watching out or, or kind of, you know, like looking out for somebody or looking over somebody. Now, the only thing, um, like me, I haven't had shadow beings or, or anything like that. Um, I'm very much an empath. And so like I can read energies and, <clears throat> feel energies and things like that. And, um, when I was younger, I was 24 and I had a sister that was 26 and, um, she passed away and like, I could feel her and like, she always used to, you remember, well, mate, you might not remember cause I'm older, but they used to do the thing on the top of the heads, like, I'm an alien brain sucker and I'm sucking your brains. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that? Okay. Well, she always used to do that to me all the time when we were growing up. And she's like, oh, it's starving. There's nothing there. <laughs> and so, like, when she passed away, like, all of the time, like, I'd be sitting there reading a book or, you know, sitting there relaxing after work or something. And I'd feel that whoosh, whoosh, whoosh on the top of my head, or I would 
smell like um, lilacs because lilac was like her favorite flower and stuff. And I would smell that and I could feel like her energy around me. With that being said, I still feel a lot of, I can feel it when there's really dark shit around me too. That's why I had a chuckle because um, Brandon uh, from Expanding Reality Podcast, he was talking one time about these um, glasses that this guy makes that are made out of something. Oh my God, I can't remember the name. But they're like these glasses and you put them on and they're purple and it lets you see demons around you and oh, stuff. Wow. And I was like, oh, holy hell no. <laughs> I'm like, because I can already pick up the energy and I can like feel if something's like close to me or whatever. And I thought I would probably pass out if I put on those glasses and could actually see something around me. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I already know it's there. <laughs> It's like ignorance is bliss almost because if you know it's standing right next to you, it's like shit. <laughs> exactly. There was I don't I don't remember what the movie was, but something that my husband once watched not too long ago, and this this kid could see these like creature being things or whatever, and they were almost like silvery in color, but they were really violent things, and like anytime these they would come in a swarm and they would like you know cause destruction or chaos or whatever eat people or something and i was like can you imagine like putting on those glasses and seeing like just like family portrait they're standing behind me <laughs> it just makes me think of uh what's that called they live what's is that the name of the movie it was um mm. John, the John Maybe. Carpenter movie where he puts on the glasses and then he sees like the politicians are all like different creatures oh, no. and stuff. This was like something newer. I can't remember what the name of it was. It was like no nobody famous that was in this movie or anything. But just the thought of that is enough to creep me out. Now, I do have a question. Well, not really a question. I want to clarify this. So how old were you when you started like the astral projection? Honestly, I don't know the exact age, but they say you start remembering memories around like three or four. So I had to have mm -hmm. been around that age if I had to guess, because like the first one that I can remember, remember, I was still at my parents' house when they were together and they got divorced and I was four. So it had to have started at least around then. Okay. So I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want people to go, oh, it was because you were doing mushrooms. I don't think you were doing mushrooms at that age. Definitely not. <laughs> Actually, if you were, then hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't done it since I was probably like 18 or so, like just randomly, like I'll have some very vivid dreams and then mm -hmm. I'll uh, like get sleep paralysis after. So I kind of question what's right. going on exactly like that one I told you recently. But like, right. as far as astro traveling altogether, like it's like stopped being a regular thing when I was like 18 and I didn't get into like mushrooms and stuff until a couple of years after that. So it's like at no point did they really like converge with each other where I was astro traveling and like doing mushrooms all at the same time. So how was your um, experience as far as doing mushrooms? Because some people are like, oh, my God, like I see the world completely clearly and I know my path. And other people are like, yeah, it did nothing. 
Like, so well, how was it for you? It's kind of kind of a long story, but let's see. Starting back from the beginning of it, when I used to, was a teenager and I didn't really like understand everything that was going on. I was trying to like drink and party and stuff like that, which is kind of what made everything a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. So I spent part of my 20s where I was like drinking heavily, not quite knowing like what I was trying to do. Um, right. trying to like repress my mind more than anything because my mind would wander and it would just drive me crazy. So I ended sure. up becoming like a raging alcoholic for a while and I uh, almost ended up losing my family and stuff over it. And I put myself in the hospital, decided I need to stop doing that shit. So I cut it out then. And mm-hmm. that was when my like psychedelic phase kind of started where I was hearing about it kind of rewiring your brain to not right. to help with like addiction, things like that. So right. I started off with LSD. And um, quickly when I got into that, I kind of started having that same feeling that I remember being a kid where I felt like something was like kind of curiously watching me. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of crazy LSD experiences. Like um, one, for example, was I used to do this thing with my friends where I would close my eyes and I turn the other way and I tell them to put up how many fingers and they would put up fingers and I'd guess it right every time. And I tell them like, bro, I have, I can see like everything around me. I don't know how to explain it. I can just, I have this full feeling of like all the energy and everything around me. Right. And then there was two times when I went outside and I was smoking a blunt at night and I kind of just had this like fall in where I felt like I was like in the middle of like a vision. And I remember like looking down at my arms and it looked like I was like wearing like Viking clothing. And then there was a second time that happened where I remember being in some type of like tent thing. And I was like handing out like mushrooms to people. And I remember being like the same guy. Cause I remember seeing like the same hand features and things. So then I just kind of blew up my curiosity and I was like, all right, I want to figure out some more stuff. So I wanted to try out mushrooms. So not knowing anything really about mushrooms at the time, uh, my buddy gave me some mushrooms. So they're good mushrooms. I didn't really know what species they were at the time. Um, so I looked it up online, saw like 3.5 was the average dose. So I was like, all right, I've been taking like a strip of acid at a time. I think I can handle one dose of mushrooms. <laughs> so me not knowing that they were penis envy and that they're way stronger, <laughs> I ended up double dosing myself. Envy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. That There's an entire awesome. strain. Of mushrooms called penis envy. There's P one through so nine, awesome. and then albino penis envy that everybody calls ape. If you've ever heard of it, <laughs> that just totally made my day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, continue. <laughs> everybody calls him PE probably for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess. <laughs> I'm going to have some penis envy later tonight. <laughs> you want to come over? <laughs> Just a okay, bunch of hippie dudes like, I got that penis dude. envy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Can you imagine just going around You're asking for that? You're really my best friend. <laughs> hey, bro, you got any penis envy? <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh my <laughs> you gotta gosh. get back on track. <laughs> so, um, I ended up taking those and ended up being way more than what I expected to take at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing voices in the back of my head saying, you didn't respect us. You'll learn to respect us. So I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, and I remember w- watching Shrek. Actually, no, I'll go to the earlier part. So as soon as it starts kicking in, I was just trying to make the time go by. So I was like, all right, I'm going to preoccupy myself. 
So I go, I grab weed, I grab two blunts, I roll up two blunts, I smoke them both, come back inside, look at the clock, and I'm like, it's been 15 fucking minutes? How the hell is that even possible? <laughs> like, I don't even know how the uh, fuck I smoked two blunts in 15 minutes. <laughs> Superhuman? <laughs> yeah, literally, just power lung in it. <sighs> I remember watching a movie where there was this... uh the landlord and she was like trying to show off and she sucks down a cigarette all in one hit. <laughs> like I just imagine that. Wow. It would be okay if the guy just did penis envy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I go back inside and I'm like, Oh God, like I'm just trying to let, let it be over. And I remember sitting down and I'm like watching Shrek. <laughs> and I just remember watching their eyes go <laughs> and just like pop. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, one of their eyes was getting bigger. So after that trip, I ended up somehow falling asleep. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to learn how to grow them so that I can respect them. Then I won't do them again until then. So I'm doing LSD during that time, of course. So a couple months later, I learned how to grow. Finally have my first batch. I take them again. And I remember hearing like, oh, you respected us. Just like weird voices in my head and shit. So I was like, Okay, cool. Let's like let, let's figure out what's going on here. And they're pretty much. I remember it like having this feeling of like, you need to go farther in order to see us because you can hear us, but you can't see us. And like I said, this is pretty fucking woo woo out there for people, I guess. But <laughs> it just could be completely on drugs. Could be something else. But that's what I was trying to figure out here. So I ended up getting some DMT, and I haven't fully like made my way into it yet. But I've already had a couple weird experiences just knocking on the door. So one of the first ones that was really weird is I'm I'm a little crazy. I have eight cats. <laughs> Slide that I one love in there. cats. I was gonna say you're gonna probably see a butthole um, because one of my cats likes to show his butthole literally every time I record. So don't <laughs> my girlfriend be and I call him Kitty Circles. <laughs> yeah, so he's the sphincter king. So don't worry if he pops in here for a moment. He just wants to say hello. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I, I do just a little bit of DMT, but it's like enough that if I did any more, I wouldn't have been able to like stand up, but it was enough that I was like seeing spectral patterns and feeling woozy and shit. So now, I'm like, staring- wait a minute. Did you, did you have somebody that was like supervising you <laughs> while you did that? No. <laughs> uh Oh, I had the cartridge though, but like I said, I hit it just a little bit, but not enough because I was trying to like, you know, kind of dip my toe in the water, you know, not just like mm-hmm. hop all the way in. <laughs> I still right. haven't fully hopped all the way in. I've just been dipping my toe for the past like year and a half. <laughs> I can understand that. Like that particular time I was staring at one of my cats and then my cat look off to the side and then my other two cats are looking in the same direction. So I look and I'm staring at my pillowcase and I remember seeing this like swirling pattern form. And then the best way to describe it is, you know, those like colorful Japanese demons. Mm-hmm. It looked like one of those, but like spectral patterns. And it looked like it did this like gesture motion at me. And my cats were looking at it. So I was just like, oh, God, am I high or is there actually something there? <laughs> and uh, since then, I've been I haven't really like done too much with it, but it's still like kind of makes me question this other like aspect of reality and whether or not there's this like layer that's over our reality where it's Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to explain. Like I believe that there's multiple dimensions, but I also feel like there's like layered 
things on top of each other. Like, you know, like there's things that are existing in the same plane that we do, but we can't perceive them because they're just like a slightly different vibration or like whatever you want to call it. But that's kind of like what I kind of geared DM or not DMT, but just psychedelics in general of is maybe a slight like, like thinning of the veil a little bit to see like what could be existing within the same space and reality that we're in. Yeah. And it's so funny because like every, everybody with that too has, has like a completely different experience. I've never done that. Um, I don't think I want to do that because it's definitely not for everybody. I'll say that. Yeah. Now. <laughs> like, like me, I already know, like I've known ever since I was little, like, who I am and what I'm supposed to do wouldn't, you know, very, um, that's why when you said, uh, you, you were always different and didn't fit in. I never did either. Uh, I was always the weirdo and I love that though. Now, like I didn't like it when I was little, but I'd always known that I was very, very different and special. At a certain age, I feel like you almost learn to like embrace it, you know, because I was kind of the same way for a long time. And then I kind of just got to a point where I stopped trying to fit in with any specific group of people and just kind of became myself. Right. And I feel like it's just been all around good for me. Like, as far as like, I let my mind explore when it wants to explore, like I'll be thinking multiple things at once. Like, I always like to say an overthinking mind is almost like a piece of heavy machinery. That mm-hmm. if you walk up and you don't know how to use it, it's, you know, it's gonna, you're going to be full of anxiety. Like, it's, you're going to freak right. out. Like, it's just confusing. Like, but if you know how to work that machinery, you can go up and you can do anything you want with it. And you kind of make it your bitch in it, to an extent, you know? So, right. I feel like the overthinking mind is kind of the same thing where rather than letting it just kind of wander where it's thinking about like, oh, I had this weird interaction with this person. Should I not have said that? Should I not have done this? you like preoccupy it and pull it away from that and bring it into things that you feel matter, whether Mm -hmm. it be theories of reality, um, just any topic you want to be interested in at the time, just like let your mind explore that and pull it and steer it away from the negative thoughts that drive people crazy from being an overthinker. A hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, um, the thing that I, I love the most is that, um, we can all have very different opinions on the same thing and see things very differently and same thing with knowledge and I think it's because and I say this a lot you are equipped with the knowledge that you have on the timeline that you're supposed to know things and so um you know like uh some people like uh I don't know how to how to put this into words. This is like a strange thing that I'm getting right now. But like some people um know know what their path is right off the bat. Um uh and just have knowledge that just kind of like poof, drops into their mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um and and there's other people that have to work um really hard at knowing something. That's why, like, even in school, like, you have some kids that never had to study because everything came easy to them, and other kids that had to study, like, five times as hard, and I think it's because um, almost like a different reality going on at the same time for those people, your timeline allows you to know what you need to know 
when you're supposed to know it. And not everybody, I don't believe everybody is sent here to know things. Does that sound weird? No, I definitely agree with that. Because, I mean, going into what I'm into as an adult, um, it could have been that I was geared to know that knowledge in order to question things sooner. Yes. But, like, as Mm -hmm. a teenager, um, when I was in high school, I ended up getting switched into the honors um, history class because I got Mm -hmm. not in trouble, but the teacher was teaching Greek mythology in the normal class and he Mm -hmm. like messed up a few things. So I was like correcting him. So he got like irritated, but not like mad irritated. And then like the next day they told me like, I need to go into like the honors history. So I ended up Mm -hmm. doing that. And I like, I wasn't a bad student. I got like A's and B's and everything. I didn't really put a lot of effort to like forth at the time for some reason Mm was, I wish I did now, but uh, (laughs) like history was one thing that always just kind of clicked in my head. So Being in that class, there was all like the honors kids, all like the super smart kids. And they were like bringing homework home, studying and stuff. And I like didn't bring home any homework, didn't really like try. And it just kind of just clicked in my head. And uh-huh. I ended up getting an A in honors history. And it was just the only class I had honors in. It was just something that it's, happened to pop into my mind. But what not yeah, something it's, more perfect to question everything. <laughs> it's you're one of those people. And and this may sound really um, crazy. Uh, maybe to you, maybe to some other people. There's nothing too um, crazy for me. <laughs> but I've talked about this before where you actually get spiritual gifts from God and one of them is knowledge. And so some people are are just absolutely blessed with knowledge. Like you can know things and not ever study it. Not ever, you know, like whatever. And I like to say they're my downloads um, because sometimes like I can just blah, 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 blah on something. It's because I felt like this poop, kind of like a drop in, (laughs) like a disc drop in. (laughs) You want to talk about a weird disc drop in. So I hadn't watched, I don't know, I hadn't read or watched the movie for 1985 until relatively recently. And when I first started podcasting, I was using this metaphor about most people will see two plus two and say that it equals five when people like us would see two plus two and see the see, like make sense of it and say that it's four. Mm-hmm. And right. months later, I watched 1985 and it was like, they say something along those same lines. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, that just came mm-hmm. into my head. Like, how, that's so weird that it happened to be something from this movie. So, like, that's right. another, like, I feel like it was kind of like a download. Like, if there's an Akashic Records, maybe that's where it, why it just popped into my head randomly on a show, you know, and it perfectly made sense. Right. And that's the thing is, um, and tell tell people, because um, this is something we have not talked about uh, on my show at all, but I know what it is. But tell people about like the Akashic Records, like what that is. The best way to describe it is it's kind of like, let's see, like all knowledge exists within like the, the ether, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. within like the air, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of it's hard to right. explain ether if people don't really know what it is, but it's right. basically all knowledge exists in it. So there's certain people that they believe can tap into it. Maybe everybody can mm-hmm. tap into it. And that's where people just get like random knowledge that'll pop into their mind or people that know how to just pull from it directly will know that it's almost like this like library that exists 
right the of like every bit of knowledge that's ever existed it's really hard to explain you know like just trying to put it in like layman's terms for somebody that hasn't heard the concept no, i before. get that it's like it's like a library in space that exists <laughs> with every piece of knowledge you could ever possibly want it's yeah. like a magical internet in a sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> magical wi-fi internet <laughs> <laughs> that people get downloads from mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah, so um like that's again this may put you on the spot or something, but do you feel like outside the gift of knowledge that you have other gifts? Um let's see. I'm trying to think about anything else that I'm always able to like remember things, so I guess that still kind of goes back towards like knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um but if do you know who Whitney Fox is? Mm-mm. She's um I guess you could say psychic best way to describe her. She bounces around on shows. She's been on Nico's show. She's been on my show. Um, she's been on Patriot's show. But uh, she believes that I was I come from like shamanistic descent. So mm-hmm. I have my grandma's one hundred percent Cherokee. So I feel like I always seem to have this just uh, natural ability to be able to figure out how to grow things easily. So mm-hmm. like for my normal day job, like I, I grow cannabis for a, um, a can- big cannabis company. And then I learn how to do the mushroos and stuff. Le- I learn how to do mycology and grow all that. Um, my garden, very minimal effort. And I've gotten everything to grow pretty strong and bushy. Um, I need you to live next door to me. <laughs> my, my stuff's <laughs> overgrowing. I got pumpkins that are going over into my neighbor's yard now. <laughs> no. Pa- hey, pack up uh, pack up your your woman and your children and your cats and move down here to Tennessee and help a girl out. <laughs> shit, you'd have fresh eggs, too, because I, I got 11 chickens back there, too. <laughs> yeah, I can't grow shit. Mm-mm. Yeah, this year, this year was so sad because usually every year I like to grow like uh, my own herbs and, you know, peppers and tomatoes and all kinds of stuff because I like to dry things and make my own spices and stuff. And this year the weather was so shit, like I, I nothing grew. Like my spices I got to use like maybe three times. Yeah. I had I an issue there. where because I have my chicken coop, I keep having a shit ton of rats so they destroyed, I have three gardens set up in the back. Well, one, two, three, four gardens set up in the back. And they destroyed two of them because they would go and just chew on the stems of all my plants. So I got home today and I had, I, I planted three whole bags, little bags of corn. And I had one last stock left. And these little fuckers climbed up it and destroyed it and started chewing at the base of the stock. So that's been my problem recently is fucking rats. And I know buying um, like a pellet gun to like scare them away and shit like that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like my garden would be great if it wasn't for these fucking rats. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, we don't have that problem. We have um, these really weird giant green uh, caterpillars of some kind. Are those those tomato? They call them like tomato bugs or whatever the hell they were. Tomato i have no shit. idea like some of them are like super fat i mean like the size of a cigar thick um and they're just solid green and then other ones are skinnier and they're real bright green like a lime green with like brown down the back like stripes i don't i have no idea yeah it probably destroy it, your plants all the same though <laughs> yes 
It's like they look fine, and then I go outside five minutes later, and all the leaves are mowed off. And I'm like, honestly, like, how do you even eat that many leaves that fast? I don't know. That's what happened to me with these damn rats. Like, they started popping up, and it was like my garden looked great. And then all of a sudden, I go back out there an hour or two later, and it's like every stock is chewed, and all my plants are starting to die. Like, you little fuckers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. Well, maybe with all the uh, GMO uh, bugs and and shit that's going on lately, maybe th- maybe we have uh, GMO rats too. Hey, maybe if we get enough GMO in our food, then they won't even want to eat it anymore, and it won't be a problem. At least we'll know exactly. our food's bad when the bugs and the rats stop eating it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I don't think I want to eat that either. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Um, what made you decide to start your show? Um, so it was one of those things where I listened to a lot of shows and I felt like the questions I would ask were a lot different than the questions that people would normally be asking. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I got my name from with Inquiries of Our Reality was just that I'm a very inquisitive person about the reality that I exist in. So right. I uh, started my podcast to, one, be able to ask a lot of the weird questions that I wanted to ask and be able to have conversations with the types of people I want to have conversations with. Um, right. Two, I also kind of saw it as almost like a like an audio journal that I could leave my kids one day to just right. kind of, you know, introduce them into all these different concepts, you know, where even if anything happens to me, you know, they'll have hours and hours of me being able to, t- me talking and they can not just read a journal and assume what I mean, but hear my tone right. of voice and know exactly what I mean when I say things. Right. So yeah, I just kind of started running off it off that. And uh, I don't want to say the person's name, but I hit up a podcaster and you pretty much said like, I'll have you on my show in a couple of weeks. Um, Cause I was asking if you wanted like a co-host or something, just cause I wanted to learn how to podcast and uh, so I kind of saw that as just like, uh, all right, let's get everything rolling. So I got a logo together, which is this one behind me for anybody that can see it. Um, set up all my pages. I kind of just went into quick, quick kill, not like in a, in a lazy way, but I tried to make everything as precise and as nice as I could make it so that right. I, I wouldn't go on the show and look like an idiot. And I still did just because I wasn't very familiar with like how to talk as a podcaster. So I used a lot of crutch words in it. I'm not exactly happy with the way it turned out as far as like me talking and my patterns of speech. But um, we got the ball rolling, though. So I just kind of been rolling since then. I figured out that I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, Kind of started my own independent things, um, including something called Open Minds Media with also Kyle from Big Dumb Podcast. Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, I've just been so, just been rolling So tell with it. me about Open Minds Media. Tell listeners about that. So Open Minds Media is basically Kyle and I wanted to create a place where people could ask any question they want to ask, um, be able to just have a relaxed, friendly community to just make friends, um, make connections that they need. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of started off with just being like a like a help type question area where we had a Mm -hmm. bunch of different types of creators, not just podcasters, but video creators, authors, and we could Mm -hmm. all just kind of bounce ideas off each other, help each other out. Like, Hey, do you know how to do this tech thing? Do you know how to do this tech thing? Um, And then we kind of started expanding it more outward where now where it stands, we kind of made a creator side and a listener side. So Mm -hmm. we have the creator side for all the like tech personal questions and getting to know each other, um, interconnecting, have people on your shows, all that kind of fun stuff. And then Mm -hmm. the listener side we created 
is we split the discord now so we have the tech discord and the other discord is intended for like topic conversations um i made an ask a creator thing down at the bottom so say if somebody wants to start up a podcast or they want to learn how to do video editing or whatever they could go to that section ask a podcaster and say like hey how do i start a podcast and then they would have podcasters respond and tell them like how to get started and stuff so that's kind of like the interactive portion for listeners. And then I also expanded it to just trying to get people's names out, help them out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So on the Instagram slash, we do this uh, featured creator content feed. Um, so basically the premises every week will release a new featured creator, which would have like a five question little mini bio so that people can kind of get to know the creator. Um, right. And then on the featured feed, um, it's this little intro about them. And then it goes into that person's personal favorite episode. So the idea for listeners is that they can go on this Open Minds Media featured content feed. And basically every episode will be a different episode of a different person's show. So Mm -hmm. people can say, hey, like I want to find some new podcasts to listen to. Or, hey, I want to find some new people. They can just go to this feed, listen to random episodes, figure out what they like and kind of just go from there. So it's just it's building up every week. I'm hoping to get it to a point where it's just a bunch of different creators. Right now, there's like four and I'm about to do a fifth one soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I'll just build up for the listeners to be able to just find new things. And that's not just for podcasters, too. I was thinking that like uh, we have a couple paranormal investigators in the group. So if they Mm -hmm. popped onto a podcast. Um, right. you know, make them a featured creator and then use that episode. Or if somebody's a video creator or an author, um, authors, they could do like a thing where they read like a portion of their book and we could upload right. that on the feed as a featured creator. So it's kind of expanding every day. We're adding to it, um, taking suggestions for anybody that wants to give suggestions on how we can improve the community and make it better for everybody. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to expand it and make it into this just uh, really easygoing, peaceful community of friends that want to help and support each other and make connections in between um because there's also musicians and stuff too so it's like you know mm-hmm. they can help yeah, you out see, with a song whatever I think, so. I think that's fantastic um and it's such a brilliant idea like all the way around because that's the question that i get the most from people is like okay how do i start and what do i need and you know, whatever I've helped. I can't tell you how many people, um, with starting a show and like how to, you know, like book guest and, and, you know, talk basically mm-hmm. <laughs> some people need help with talking. Um, but I think that's a fantastic idea because the, literally, um, the work that goes into creating, no matter what you're doing, um, whether it's podcasting or, you know, creating your own music or writing or, or whatever, it's a lot. And there's always something that comes up um, that you need help with. You need to know if somebody has suggestions on how to do something better. So I think what you're doing is absolutely needed in the community. Also, too, for 100%. support, too, because one of the biggest <clears throat> oh, problems yeah. I feel is that people will start up a show and only last like an episode or two and not right. have that support of they'll have a lot of self-doubt. And they won't have a group of people saying, like, you can do it. Like, let's do this together. Right. So Absolutely. I was trying to create that, too, so that people would come in and not just feel like they're alone starting off, but they have a right. group of people that want to see them succeed behind them. Or even if they don't even have Absolutely. an episode out, there's still a group of people that are saying they're going, you can do it. Like, we believe in you. Let's do this. If you have any questions, Absolutely. we were here for you. So that's and, what you know, I was trying to create. 
I, I think that's fantastic because um, for me, I'm more of a helper. Um, like I don't do any of it for the money. I had sponsors. I stopped doing sponsors because it's not about that. It's about reaching people in whatever way I can and helping them and helping other people succeed has always been like my thing. I would, I would so much rather do that and, you know, help promote other people's shows and, and stuff like that because it makes me happy. I'm in the same boat, honestly, because I don't have anything in my show hidden behind a paywall. Like I do like I Patreon. don't either. That's early access, but realistically, like I don't want to keep any episodes from anybody, so I don't want to put anything right. behind a paywall. But it's more so just like people want to help me out to upgrade equipment, you know, they can get yeah. early access. But I don't want to put anything behind a paywall. I've just always been yeah. about again trying to help and support people and try to do best by other people. So it kind of yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, there's no there's no money like Open Minds Media. I just do because I like to, I enjoy doing it. Um, all mm -hmm. my shows, same thing. Like I only have an anchor ad on my show. That's about the only like money I get from my show. But it's right. one, I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it and it helps me mm -hmm. out because I can vent and say the things I feel I need to say in my normal life, but I can't say all the time. Right. Um, and two <laughs> and, and we're all there, right? Everybody mm -hmm. has uh has people that around them that they can't be them true selves with. But you it's kind of nice, though, because just because of my podcast, like my, my girlfriend is pretty open minded to begin with. But uh, mm -hmm. like I never talked about a lot of the things I talk about with her directly. But now that right. she listens to my show, she mm -hmm. um like is starting to like come around. So it's kind of nice that if it wasn't for my show, I wouldn't be able to talk about those things with her. But right. because of my show now, it's like I have somebody close to me that I can talk about those things with now. So it's just kind of like right. a, I started it to have people. And in turn, the person closest to me ended up being one of those people that I have now because I started my show. See, I think that's fantastic, though. And that's just going to grow from there because it gives you a whole new and deeper level of communication that you can have. That's why, like, I'm very blessed because my husband and I are uh, like twinsies in, in that department. <laughs> <laughs> like we have some of the just most off the wall conversations at times. And like, if we're out in, you know, in public or something, I always have to like, look around to like, see who's listening. <laughs> so I'm like, they're going to come and get us. <laughs> I do the same shit though. Honestly, <laughs> I like, love I'll that though. Yeah, I'll be like staring at somebody and then she'll be like staring at him. She'll be like, what? And I'll be like, this idiot with the fucking mask. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like if she wasn't on that same level with me, like, I don't think it would work that great. Like, yeah, it's really no. hard to be in a split relationship between somebody that's like falling into all the traps of society and somebody mm -hmm. that's totally against all the traps of society. Like, Oh, 100 percent. And that, you know, that's like oil and water, like those kind of different lines of thinking are so hard to mesh together. There's a lot of people that are like very different, you know, not just politically, but on everything, on every line of thinking, you know, whether it's religion or, or whatever the case may be. And they like at each other constantly. I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty I'm open happy. to just about anybody that, wants to have a conversation no matter how different the right. views are the only right. thing that i've kind of drew like a blocker in myself for is that if you're one of those people that fully believes the mainstream narrative and there's no sidetracking you 
Like, I just kind of gotten to a point in my life where I know that there's like probably not, it's not going to mesh well if I try to like associate with you like that. Like we can be friends, I'll be polite, but we're never going to be close because I can't say the things I think if you're one of those people, you know? Right. And it's, it's really hard to have, um, honest, open dialogue and discussion about, uh, things with somebody that, that doesn't want to, to have the same kind of conversation with you. You know what I mean? Now for me, like I love to talk, so I will literally talk to anybody under the sun. Um, I guess it's about picking a conversation too, because I mean, I can talk to people that are not in that mindset, but it all depends on the topic. But if we get into something where it starts straying away, it's kind of like, all right, like I got to judge what I can and can't say with certain people, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is too, like, um, if you're having that conversation and they immediately go to attacking, that's when, you know, like to shut off the conversation because there's, there's zero need to, to continue it because they get in that emotional defense area, you know, and then it's like personal attacks to, to, I don't know, like heighten their position or make their position seem more important. Mm -hmm. Like I've had conversations with people like that before and it's, it's really difficult. And then they're like, well, you fuck face fat head, whatever. (laughs) And I'm just like, been called a lot worse. Okay. Don't matter. Yeah. But I love you and have a good day. Yeah. (laughs) People hate that. And then they're like, I love the the Christians in our community is because it's like, Normal Christians that you'd see in your everyday life, you ask them any questions and they instantly go in that defensive mode like you were talking about. But like the Christians that are in this open-minded conspiracy community, you can ask them honest questions and they won't take it offensively because they know that you're asking for the sake of knowledge and knowing. Well, and see, here's the thing about a lot of um, people like that 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 are set in a belief, and it's fine to be set in a belief. But you also have to be open um, to inquiries about things because if you're not, you're living a falsehood to yourself. Same thing as like there's a lot of people that, um, you know, like are, are involved with the church or whatever, but they don't want you to know that they did drugs in their past or that they, you know, were an alcoholic or whatever the case may be. And they try to hide that from people. And here's the thing about that. You have to be fully committed to testifying to what kind of a person that you were and what kind of a person that you are now to be able to live your full hundred percent truth. And a lot of people are very closed off to that. And, you know, I think a lot of it stems from like uh, the over indoctrination that you get not only in church, but in school and, and whatever that you're, it's like built into you that you're not allowed to question and you should always believe science or you should always believe your parents or, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, that goes kind of in kind of the construct of everything in a sense where it's like everything's Mm -hmm. geared for you to not question things. And we have dumb expressions like curiosity killed the cat. But yet, Mm -hmm. like, how do we ever discover anything new or get anywhere new without being curious? Right. And they say that, like, a sign of intelligence is the fact that you can change your mind with more information. So it's like, why don't 
we proceed that way and stop right. seeing it as asking more questions is a bad thing and start realizing that's a good thing. And that's the only way we're ever actually going to get anywhere. Right. But you know, it's so cultish for some people to um, be so like steadfast in their beliefs on, on literally anything to where they won't hear other people's opinions at all. And it's like, shut, it's like they shut off that whole area of their brain, you know, where they could receive knowledge, but they just don't want to because they feel like they already know everything. I feel like there's some people though, that just like to be told what to do, if that makes sense. Like yeah, there's some there people are. that really don't like to think for themselves. So part right. of that, I mean, half the people probably are just so set in their ways, but the other half probably is told one thing and they don't want to put any more thought into it. They just like living in that normal box life and not exploring or seeing right. anything different, you know? But you know, um, like I, uh, the show that I'm releasing tomorrow, um, we had a discussion about Sumerian tablets and the Anunnaki and, and stuff like that. And, you know, how there is like the, a worker class. And I think that's what a lot of the people here are. That's why I said some people are not sent here to have quote knowledge um, because kind of see them as the NPCs. <laughs> yes, they're sent here literally just to be that that working drone, you know, robotic uh, AI, if you will, uh, where they tell you exactly what to do and you do it, and they tell you what to think and you think it, and and whatever. And so, people that are that are very open minded, I think, are a lot more successful at life in general because you can not only think about new knowledge and ask questions about things, but you can acquire new skills and, you know, learn stuff with your hands or, or learn a new language or whatever the case may be. And, and some people are perfectly fine to not ever know anything other than what they're told to know. That always makes me question like the level of consciousness of whether right. or not everybody is conscious to the same level they're or not. if some people are legitimately like there's a blocker where it's like right. say they want to be smart, but like like their brain just like won't let them like there's like a cap. And right. then there's these other people that are like don't have like a cap. They can kind of just go as far as they want to climb. Mm -hmm. So right. I, I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, what causes that blocker? If it's an intentional blocker, or if it's legitimately that there might be like NPC type characters, maybe where they're still conscious but not like fully conscious. If that makes sense, you know, you know what? A, a lot of it, though, um, I see as being uh, what your vibration is and what your level of. Um, positivity is because a lot of people, especially nowadays, um, and this is like increased three million fold, um, you know, since I was grown up, it's like everybody is now depressed, anxious, sad, irritated, you know, whatever, literally all the time and dealing with all of these things, all of these outside forces, environmental forces that, that, they let enter their body, which lowers your vibration. And then anytime you have 
um, that negative or nervous energy or whatever, it is cell- it's stored at a cellular level inside your body. And so, you know, if you think about like where a lot of that is stored at, it's like stored in the gut area, stored in the chest area, <laughs> and stored in the groin area. Um, and so, you know, if you if you think about it in that aspect, like everything they put out from then on is like negative. And so they can't accept anything positive into their system because they're full. I mean, I feel like part of that, too, is that we've kind of like normalized any type of like mental illness where rather than and everybody wants to put a label on everything so rather than somebody just saying like i'm sad or i'm in like a slum like Mm -hmm. a doctor will see that and full-on call it depression get them on medication and then their brain can never rebalance itself back after that you know because it changes your chemical makeup yeah exactly not to mention just the outside factors too because it's like i work with a bunch of gen z's and it's like yes there's like happier music but it's still like about very negative concepts and just right. like the music overtone altogether is a lot more like sad than people realize. And I was making right. it a point to one of the younger guys that used to work with me where he, I was, he was like listening to this song. Um, I think I don't remember who the fuck it was, but I think it was like a little peep or some shit. And he's like, man, this song gets me hype. I'm like, okay, but like, how does it like make you feel though? Like realistically. And he's like, well, it kind of makes me miss this girl I used to date and he's like, but at the same time, though, it kind of makes me like get hyped because of the beat, like I just want to smack on stuff. So I'm like, so what you're telling me is the song is one, making you sad and two, it's making you aggressive and aggressive. making you want to hit things. <laughs> and he's like, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, bro, you enjoy the song. Yes. But like, what is it doing to you subconsciously? Right. This is what it's doing. Like, you need to realize 100%. Like, music makes a huge difference, even if you don't realize it. Like you can listen yeah, to does. a happy ass sounding song, like perfect example of that pumped up kick song. People are walking around singing that and it's about shooting up kids during Columbine and they think it's a happy song. Like that still takes like a negative toll when you're subconsciously singing the chorus about better run, better run faster than my bullet. Like you still know what it's saying subconsciously, even if you don't in the front of your mind, you know? Right. And, and here's the thing. Okay. They had to know, you know, executives and, and marketing and, you know, A&R and all that stuff knows what the song is, what the words are, what it's about. And you're still allowed to put that out to the public. And people are so oblivious as to the meaning of songs or to the tone or frequency of, of things and, and what it does to your body. Because, you know, with, with the standard tuning no longer being, you know, 432, you know, and, and the change with that, and that changes our internal vibration and, and messes with your, you know, your balance or your homeostasis in your body. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to mention, too, I feel like it's also kind of getting harder for people to interact and not even trying to, like, sound sexist about anything. But, like, you have the whole concept about toxic masculinity. Right. Overall, which is music- total bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Like all all the guys now are listening to music that makes them sad and kind of like puts them down. That's like what guys are into. And all the music now for like girls is like that. I'm a bad bitch. Like fuck with me type shit. So it's like you're boosting a bunch of girls up where they think that they're like 
way better than everybody. And then you're pushing right. guys down where they think they're lower than everybody. So now you're making it so guys in general are more depressed and they can't get these girls because the girls think that they're so much more superior to them because they're just falling into the rhythm of what the music's doing. So it's creating this gap in people where even through right. the music, you're breeding toxic masculinity because you're pushing the men down and you're pushing the That's- girls up like they're way above the guys. You know what? That's a hundred percent perfect analogy because um, one of the things that that people don't understand, and I've talked about this so many times, but like um, if you're one of the people that is a social justice warrior, okay, you cannot advocate for one group over another, and you cannot advocate for one group to be superior while you're putting another one down. If you're actually really for equality, then you would think about that in your behavior and what you do. And it's the same way with this. Uh, All white males are toxic. All white people are toxic. You know, this race is superior. That race is superior we are all people and I don't understand why we can't just be people. Uh, men and women are equals. We were created to be like a benefit and of use to each other and balance each other out. And so I, I don't understand why it's like, Oh, you have to hate all men to survive. Oh, you have to like only women are awesome. And I am not a feminist. Because I think it's complete and total shit. I am an alpha female, but I don't need to put men down because I love men. Men are fantastic. We would not be on this planet without men. It's a yin and a yang balance. Because like my girl and I, whatever I lack in, she's she has, and whatever she doesn't have, I'm I I have. So it's like the people need to realize that rather than trying to pretend like one's bad, one's good. Just find right. ones that mesh together because, yes, right. there may be some masculine parts of the female personality and there may be some right. feminine parts of the male personality. But in turn, right. you find a partner, a, you right. know, whatever gender you are opposite that will right. uh, mesh with it and, you know, create this yin and yang effect, you know, because if you have too much 100%. masculine energy where the girl thinks she's a bad bitch and the guy thinks she's he, he's a tough motherfucker. Like that's never going to mesh well because neither of those right. persons are willing to do that give and take with each other, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and that is so um, important in a relationship. And, and one of those things that, you know, like we, I get the question all the time, like, how do you, how do you find your right person? Like, how do you know? Like I have so much time, we're hard time dating and, and whatever, and our girls don't want to talk to me, or, you know, guys are all jerky or whatever. I'm like, you got to think about the energy that you're putting out. Because That's what I was about to say. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but there are a lot of females that really need to correct their behavior because uh, men don't owe you everything on the planet. <clears throat> you are putting out the energy that you're a user. And so that's what you're going to attract to you. And so when you're whining because all the guys that you find cheat on you or use you, that's because the energy that you put out is exactly what you drew back. 
And so you have to put out that, you know, positive, you know, confident, happy, whatever energy to draw that kind of partner to you. And when you do, it's not going to be something you're looking for. It's going to find you whether you like it or not. Exactly. It's one of those things. I've always said it too, that when you stop looking, that's when it shows up. Because when you're looking, that's when it scares everything away. One. And two, it's like when you're trying to find your perfect match, things aren't Mm -hmm. just going to happen because you're never going to find your perfect match. It's going to be one of those things that both of you guys have similar things. And then as you guys spend time together, you start kind of figuring out more about each other. And then you Mm -hmm. figure out your strengths and weaknesses together. Like most people have this intention of like, you come into a relationship and it's going to be perfect right off the bat, but it doesn't work like that. Relationships take work. Like I've been with my girl for 10 years now and it's not all been smooth sailing. Like people need to not give up at the first sign of something not going right, which people tend to do in this generation because we live in such a throwaway culture. And I'm lucky that Mm -hmm. I found her before like dating took the turn that it did because I think that I would not find anybody (laughs) in this world. But I also feel like I would low-key just not even be trying in the first place because the whole dating game nowadays, like, fuck that shit. Right. (laughs) We we talk about that all the time and we're like, you know, if if anything happens to either one of us, like, yeah, we won't be like dating like ever again because people are so batshit nuts. Because seriously, I have to do a headline that's like, are you anti-government? Do you believe in aliens? But the problem would be that I wouldn't (laughs) get all the right people. There would also be people with like mental disabilities that probably still come for that ad. Because I'd be trying to attract the intelligent ones. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe that mushrooms talk to you? Well, I'm your guy. Do you like penis envy? Because I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how would I even explain myself in the modern day gate? Like, I'm just who I am. It would be like any date I show yeah. up to, I just wouldn't be down to throw on that, like, disguise of like, look who I am. Like, I would just be my true honest yeah, self. No. And I just would scare away everybody because of it. But I'd be like, whatever, fuck you too. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's me. Like, um, I just had this conversation with Elle today. We were on the phone earlier today for quite a while. And we were having this discussion about like some people, um, like in the podcast community, how they have like a persona, like on their podcast. And then if they do like a live or whatever, they have a different persona. And I'm like, everybody that knows me knows that like what you see is what you get literally at all times. So I am a straight shooting, goofy motherfucker in real life. That is me, and that is what you're always going to get. I'm 100% always going to be real about shit. That's exactly me, too. I feel like I'm more myself in my podcast than I am normally because it's like on my podcast, I'm willing to say all the things that I think where it's like I'm the same exact person in my normal life. I just Mm -hmm. know when to not talk, I guess you could say. But oh, like, I just talk all the time. And if people don't like it, they don't have to be around me. See, like <laughs> I've gotten like that about certain things, but most of the time it's like, I'm one of those people where it's like, I'm kind of an introvert. So I love talking in conversations like this, but just as much as but I enjoy having big these open-minded conversations, I hate big groups, like cannot fucking stand <laughs> them. But just as much as I enjoy my time talking to open-minded people, I also just as equally enjoy my time of just being completely alone if that makes sense Mm -hmm. no i get that and see i i think i'm kind of both because i'm i'm really extroverted 
but I'm also introverted because uh, I love my uh, peace and quiet time. Um, <clears throat> I used to like big groups. I used to, ooh, I was a partier. I used to love going out and, you know, like watching bands and stuff like that. But when like the uh, picking up the energies and stuff were like so heightened at that time, I'm like, Ugh, I can't stand being around this because there's so much like negative energy and and just evil and and shit. Yeah. I that's don't. see that's my problem with going out in public is that it's like mm-hmm. i'm a crazy empath too like i sense up on yep. everything so it's like mm-hmm. i'll be watching a movie or watching somebody uh-huh. in real life or whatever and uh, it's like i can and see you can it feel and, their emotions in the yeah. movie and, and then sometimes you cry <laughs> like i feel bad for him sometimes like i'm watching night at the roxbury the other day and i used to love that movie when i was a kid and i'm watching it now and it's like it's like expanded now you know and i'm watching it mm-hmm. and i'm just like damn these guys are like sad and they think they're so cool and they like can't get anybody. And then it's like right. the later on in the movie, it's like this dude's brother who is his number two. They got into an argument because their whole fucking life fell apart. And now he's just like alone. I'm just like, damn bro. Like I watch comedies and it's just like, I see all the sadness in the comedy and it's just right. like hard to watch and laugh at everything when it's like, I am like, even though it's an actor and they don't really feel the emotion, like I can still like right. sense the emotion coming off it. of them. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, I feel sad for them, you know? Like yeah, observe and report, it, um, that whole movie, like the one dude that Seth Rogen plays, like it's not so, like it's it's funny. People look at it as funny, but like the guy's supposed to have like a mental illness, and it's like I feel bad for him the whole fucking movie. I can't even watch that movie because it just makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, and see that's that's the way I am, and even like um, like some certain friends of mine, like I'm super duper connected with them. And I can not even be talking to them and I can feel like what they're physically and emotionally going through. And sometimes I'll just like burst into my, into tears and my husband's like, you good? And I'm like, yep, just cleansing, just like trying to let it all go. It's almost like I'm collecting their energy Mm -hmm. to let it out for them. See, and that's almost like why it's so nice to just have alone time sometimes because it's like, if you're mm-hmm. one of those people, which I assume you're just like me, where it's like, even when you're with your significant other, like you just mm-hmm. sense everything that it's like, mm-hmm. I like having that ability because it makes it so that I can kind of trust my gut and I know which people right. I want to associate 100%. with right off the bat. But it's almost yep. tiring where it's like, sometimes at the end of the day, you just want to have like four hours to not like, I won't even like watch TV or something. I'll just like edit an episode or I'll just do art and stuff like that for like my, right. my podcast and stuff. And it's like, that's like mm-hmm. my decompress where I'm not like feeling the emotions of others. Like my girlfriend loves dramas and she's always like, why, why aren't you a fan and stuff? And it's like, cause I feel every fucking thing that they feel. And I like, it drives 100%. me insane. Like I don't enjoy watching dramas. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same kind of way. And it's, you know, that's why, um, like my daughter's is very much an empath too. And she's like struggling to learn how to let that go and, and control things and whatever. And I told her, I'm like, the older that you get, the easier that it gets. Like when you're really young, cause she's in her early twenties. And I'm like, when you're really young, 
it's very overwhelming and it's it's hard to tell somebody like what to do to ground themselves because not everybody grounds the same way mm-hmm. you know and for me my thing is my quiet time outside um i have to sit outside every day for literally hours and i'll just sit there and i'll watch like the wildlife and you know smell the smells and you know, I talk to the animals, the bugs, and like everything. I talk to everything. Um, I love watching the grass and, where it all moves in different directions, yes. but it's all uniform at the same time. Yeah. And so that's that's like my that's my happy time. That's my grounding place. And other people, it's like music or art or reading or whatever. But I'd say mine's I'm, just the dark at night. That seems to be like my thing yeah. is that it's like I like the peacefulness of nighttime. So I'll like force myself to be awake at night just because I can go and stand outside and just listen to the crickets and just be in the dark. Mm-hmm. Like I just like the dark. It's very peaceful. Yeah. You know, like everything's yeah, just I shut do. off in the city. <laughs> yes. And see, we live out in the country. So um, like who magnified cricket sounds at night. But we live in the bat cave here because we never have any lights on. <laughs> which is a good thing because that keeps you grounded too but you know mm-hmm. everybody's gotta everybody's gotta find their own like little happy happy place to center at i guess you know what's what kind of makes you funny happy. though is uh do, do you get into like the personality type stuff like the um what's it called something briggs personalities yeah i have taken that yeah uh so i'm an fn or what is it i f or INFJ, that's what it is. So they're kind of like weird because they're very like, it's supposed to be like one of the more, like the rarest personality types. But mm-hmm. being that, it's like you're an empath, but you have this ability that if somebody basically like hurts you, you give them a second chance more so than a normal person would. And if they hurt you after that, you have this ability to just like Shut block them off. off and never mm-hmm. think about that person. So like yeah. that being said, I came from, a family where like I don't talk to my mom, I don't talk to her whole side because I wouldn't I don't trust talk them to my around my mom either. I wouldn't trust yeah. them around my family like at all whatsoever. So it's like mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird thing that I'm an empath, but I had this ability to just like shut off any emotional tie to like my own mom because she's right. done so much bad things to me in my life. Right. And see I uh, that's what um like I've talked about that on my show before with my mom and she is so filled with so much like hate and just dark like just energy and it's like you know first she was pissed at me and didn't want to speak to me because i went to dc and then she was pissed and didn't want to speak to me because uh she's always like really disliked my dad which they were they're still married she has always hated him though uh but stayed married to him for whatever reason uh you say they're still currently married sorry i didn't mean to cut you off (laughs) yes Uh, i know it's weird um but they she puts my daughter in the middle of stuff all the time and so i sent a text one day and i was like "Eh, i really hope you rethink this whole uh involving kirsten and your problems thing because uh it's not appropriate and this is your issue not hers and you need to separate the two so she stopped talking to me 
because I was defending my child. I mean, and I so, got some pretty close stories with with my mom. Basically, the premise of it was like my whole childhood, she was just like put alcohol first before anything. Mm-hmm. So then coming up to being an adult, like she would just randomly disappear all the time, just getting massively drunk and I would have to go find her. So I got to a point mm-hmm. where my girlfriend was eight months pregnant with my daughter at the time, who's now about to turn seven. Mm-hmm. And um, her boyfriend calls me and says, hey, you need to come find your mom. And I'm like, bro, I'm building a bassinet. Like my girlfriend's like, she can, she's due any day. Like I'm trying to set shit right. up. And he's like, no, you need to come find your mom. And I'm like, I'm not doing it this time so then my grandparents call me and they're like you fucking piece of shit you need to go fucking find your mom like what the fuck like we taught you about family and families about doing shit like this i'm like uh you guys go find her yeah literally so i find up finding her and her boyfriend i like call him and i say hey i found your girlfriend like come get her because i need to go home and so he comes up there and my mom's like oh you brought him i don't want to talk to him and she goes and takes off and i'm like deal with your girlfriend. I need to go home. So mm-hmm. his, her boyfriend goes, what'd you just say to me? And I said, deal with your girlfriend. So he's like a bigger guy. So of course he starts doing that belly bumping shit. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Are you going to fucking hit me? And I'm like, just fed up at this fucking point. And my girlfriend could see the look in my face and she's like, get in the fucking car. Like, you're not going to jail tonight. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. all right, like brush my hands clean of this. Like I'm fucking done with this shit. And I right. just like left. And I hadn't talked to her for a couple of years. And then I popped back in randomly like an idiot and talked to her because I like felt bad almost. And right. I told her my number one, one of my number one rules was one, I don't want you driving anywhere with my daughter because you used to drunk drive all the time with me as a kid. Not to mention mm-hmm. that you're blind in one eye. So don't put right. my daughter in the car. So the first day right. she hangs out with her, she takes her to a bunch of stores and shit like that. So I'm like, all right, like, no, like we're, we're going to take some time off or whatever. So mm-hmm. then she um basically like starts attacking me telling me that like i shouldn't have this roommate that i was helping out at the time who was my girlfriend's cousin tells me i should get rid of my dogs um tells me that i'm like not raising my daughter right and shit like that um not to mention the whole fact that when i was an alcoholic she used to like feed me alcohol and the night and specifically that i went in that i ended up in the hospital um, she was giving me her pills. So like I was drinking and taking pills right from my mom because she was just handing them to me. So right. that all all built up. And um, yeah, she pretty much uh, her boyfriend started coming at me and shit like that, saying like, you need to do whatever your mom says. and You need to make shit right with your mom. I have my grandparents that are like, you need to do whatever, because what comes first is not your stupid little girlfriend. It's it's your your fucking family. And I'm like, bro. I have a kid with this girl. Like, she's not mm-hmm. just some stupid girl. This like, is my family. Yeah, this is my family. So, like, mm-hmm. I just cut them off one day and spend four years or so probably now. And she, yep. like, randomly tries to send me stuff trying to connect and tries to call me. And I'm just like, get the hint. Like, it's been shut off. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, not yeah, happening. See, <laughs> and I'm the same way. And a lot of people are like, um, you know, I, I tried multiple times, you know, to to – reconnect or or whatever and then it's like constantly like name calling and just childish angry destructive behavior and i'm like people are like oh i'm so sorry like you're missing that connection with your mom and i'm like actually i'm a lot happier without it because i don't do drama i don't have drama in my life and i will cut it off 
regardless if you're family or not. I don't, I just don't play that way. Learn that cutoff is that toxic people are toxic Mm -hmm. people, regardless if they're family. If you have significantly more stress in your life and you constantly have to worry about things because of your family being involved in your life, maybe it's time Mm -hmm. just like most animals in the animal kingdom, they break away from their fucking family and they do their own thing. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can't lead like a, a joyful, happy life when you have somebody that is toxic and that is constantly trying to destroy that. And so, um, like me, anybody that knows me personally knows that I'm like a super happy, super joyful person. And if, uh, I say something cross about somebody or something, they have really, really stepped over the line. And so, um, like that thing that happened here recently, um, one of my listeners was like, Ooh, for you to step in, it must've been bad. And I'm like, yeah, dude, (laughs) I'm like, because I don't, uh, I don't play games and I don't sugarcoat uh, for anybody, but, uh, I will only take so much before I um, let you know. See, I'm the same way. Cause it's like that issue. There's the first thing and I didn't respond back to any of it. Like I wanted mm-hmm. no part of it. I just got made into the right. bad guy because of it. And I still didn't comment about anything. So right. then come to a couple di- like when we first started talking and stuff and, uh, <clears throat> that said person, uh, made an insulting reference towards my kids and towards mm-hmm. my parents. Not that I, defend my parents but like it's still the principle of the matter that i do care about my dad a lot my mom whatever but it's like i didn't say anything bad haven't posted anything haven't done anything i made one comment about um pretty much like somebody starting beef with you as a podcaster to get you more listeners and i was getting Mm -hmm. messages about that like oh you're low vibration talking shit like i'm not talking shit and you stepped the line because you brought my kids into it so as far as i'm concerned like Whatever I'm going to say, I'm going to say, and it's going to come out because if anybody has an issue with that, I never involved your kids and I never got personal with you. And now that you've gotten personal with me, now it's, I'm still not going to attack you because that's not the type of person I am, but. Same. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing though. And that's, um, in, in every aspect of every person, you have to learn to control and not lead through emotions, you know, and, and when, and that's with like, uh, you know, political arguments or somebody that's like dead set on cue or dead set on church or whatever the case may be, like people get so emotional that they don't think about what they're saying. And then they come with, with personal insults and personal attacks and, you know, whatever. And you should never, I used to work with somebody like that and people know who it was. I am always there to stand up for other people. Um, and I will always be a fighter for other people. And if you attack people that you work with, um, you attack people's fiance, uh, their family, whatever, because of 
drunken, drugged out, or whatever behavior, then you know I'm going to say something because it's inappropriate. And I, it, it just, it, it makes you such a low vibration person to, to be that way to other people. And I, I don't like it. And can I shut off toxicity in my life? Yes. But will I help somebody else shut it off too? Absolutely. Absolutely. I will. Cause I'm a, I said it on <laughs> super, what I say, super secret ninja squirrel. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, um, you know, people don't understand that, um, the people that you meet in this community for the most part <clears throat> with uh, just very few exceptions are just beautiful um, loving, wonderful, intelligent people. Um, and they're all family to me. And, um, I, I would defend somebody in that community and in, in my little family, just like I would my, my regular family at home. So. See, and honestly, know. like I'm, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. There's out of everybody in this community I've met, I love literally everybody besides mm-hmm. well I'll, I'll just say one person i guess because even yeah. the people associated around that person like i had mm-hmm. good connections with but i get it right. like you know you support your friends like i ain't mad about that kind of shit and it kind of right. sucks that it all started from a bad interaction i was venting mm-hmm. to a close friend in private right which we all do we all say fucked up things when right. we're mad and i had Absolutely. a bad reaction and i was pissed off so i was venting to a close friend Somehow mm-hmm. said person got a picture of that screenshot and put it on blast and made me look like a bad guy to everybody. And I've explained my side that I had a bad interaction. I was venting to a friend in private. It meant fucking nothing. I was pissed off at the time. That's why I didn't right. blast anything on Facebook. Venting like, is venting. Venting is venting. But, yeah. you know, the, the the rules are different if you're a different person, apparently, because I saw something the other day about uh, posting screenshots. But, you know, that's exactly I was... what happened to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's the thing um, is that uh, our behavior is a mirror, is it not? And so, uh, when somebody calls other people names um, for sharing a screenshot uh, when they've done the same thing, um, it's kind of like politics. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the rules are different depending on who you are, of course. <laughs> Because My if rules I would have done the same thing, the same. it would have been all over and I would have been the fucking oh, bad yeah. guy. But if anybody else that's part of a specific group would have done it, then everybody would have backed him up for it sounded like they were, you know, for the righteous one. But you know what? My my whole thinking on life is, and these are my rules, be respectful and be kind and be receptive and loving to other people. Even when they're not nice to you, because whoo, I've had some not nice people that I have interacted with a time or two. Um, and that's okay. Like we don't all have to like each other, but you have to try to be respectful and civil and humble to one another. And so you know. speaking of that too, um, a couple weeks after the initial thing went down, I tried to message said person and said, Hey, um, I'm here if you ever want to talk. 
um, we can work this out and be the first people in the podcast community to squash beef, you know, after something happened. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much got like a fuck you spit in my face back about being a small fish and shit like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I tried to take that extra step to smooth things out because again, it was my fault. And Mm -hmm. I admit to that, that I was venting, but it was in private. It is what it is. And you know, shit happens. Um, But either way, it's like, I'm still not gonna. And you're still a human being and you still deserve, you know, respect and humility and, and, you know, again, like attacking, well, your podcast isn't big or your podcast is trash or your podcast is not as big as mine. Chef, chest puffing stuff. Um, there's no place in that, in the community for that. Um, because we are all human beings and we all put our pants on the same way. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I just don't deal with that. I'd never had a doctor once, um, that came at me at work because I was just a nurse. What do you know? Nurse. And I was like, hmm, probably a bad idea. I was like, well, you know what, Dr. So-and-so, you put your pants on the same way I do. I don't care if you have MD behind your name. Does it make you a higher caliber person? And the way that you spoke to me actually puts you at less, way less than what you think you are. And don't ever speak to me again. Unless you're going to apologize. And you know what she did? She sent her office manager to apologize to me. And I said, run along back and you tell her if she can't be adult enough to apologize in person for the things that she did that were wrong. I have nothing to say. Period. Plain simple. See, and that's exactly where I'm at. It's like. I got blown up like last week about stuff and I didn't respond back yeah. to any of it because it's just like I tried to it's branch silly. out and smooth things over. And since it didn't, yeah. like I have no energy to even respond because I want no part of it. Like yeah. I tried to make that smooth ground happen. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So now it's just like we don't have to agree, but we're going to have to right. learn how to coexist. And I have That's, no right. issue not interacting with you at all. So, like, don't harass me and we're, we're fine. Like, I don't have to say anything about you. You don't have to say anything about me. We can just go our separate paths and just see it But, you know, that that's way, like you know? family. That's like family, too, where, you know, you can only do so much to reach out and try to repair and mend a relationship. But it is not your job to continually, repeatedly do that to people who, who don't want to accept it, whether they're in your immediate family or in the work community or, or whatever the case may be. All you can do is be the, you know, a good and genuine person, which you are. Um, and I love you dearly, even though we haven't known each other that long. I, I love you dearly. Everybody has wonderful things to say about you. Well, I appreciate Our connection that. has been good. And so, you know, that's all we can do is be loving and respectful of each other. And the people that don't want to be, they don't need to be in our circle. 
that's kind of how I see it too, honestly, because it's like yeah. I'm having fun, I'm podcasting, I'm doing the things that I enjoy, and if there's people that bring a negative burden over that where they make it not fun, yeah. I'm not going to be involved with them whatsoever. Like, even yeah. if it's arguing back and forth, like, I don't have time for that. I'm just, I have a family, I work full time, I just want to do my show. Like, this is my fun thing that I do. When it becomes not right. fun, then I have an issue, and that's when I'm going to block out anything I possibly can that brings that negativity right. in because I don't want to fucking deal with it. Like just being honest. Absolutely. Like, I don't care to have issues with anybody. Like again, so why I haven't responded or posted anything about anything is because I have no want to deal with any of that shit. So let me ask you a question. Um, show wise, like how long have you been doing your show? So I'm kind of a mixed bag on that one. So as far as podcasting goes, I started back up in, let's see, Jennifer in March the end of March was when my show started mm -hmm. and now it's August so what six seven months now but before that I did have experience but not podcasting directly um in high school I did three years of um my school off had a radio station like they actually had a legitimate like broadcasting antenna oh, cool. all that kind of yeah. stuff so we yeah. used to do radio shows like on an actual radio station and then like project it over the internet so mm -hmm. I did that for three years, which wasn't really like podcasting, but it was kind of this same energy kind of vein, yeah, kind of vibe type thing. So then it's like yeah. later on, I started back up doing my own particular show, and now it's kind of like, like I said, my show about six seven months, but altogether experience wise, probably at least like four years altogether. You know, between this that I was doing it, and I was doing a little bit after high school because I was going to go to college to uh, do TV and broadcasting. And my dad convinced me not to, and then I never ended up going back to college. So mm -hmm. everybody knows doesn't that mean you, I was going to say, it doesn't mean you got in any better of education anyways. Um, so on your show, like what is your, your favorite thing to cover? Um, it's, it depends on my mood, I guess, on, depending on the day. But overall, I'd say my favorite I don't even want to say it's a topic, but when I have a guest that comes on where it's not just an interview, but it turns into this open exchanging of theories and we both end up leaving the show with knowledge that we didn't have, know before or dots connected for both of us. Um, right. Like that's my favorite because it's, it's not a specific topic because like I have so many different varieties of topics I like to talk about, which is like why my show is so vastly different. I didn't want to like specifically put right. myself into one category, but that's 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 what I crave though is those open conversations where you both learn and you both leave with that like wow factor. That was a great Agreed. conversation. What's your what's your least favorite thing? As far as podcasting goes? Mm hmm Definitely having issues with people. <laughs> like I was I gonna like say I'm covering politics. <laughs> I don't even mind covering politics. Like, I like making fun of politicians and shit. Like, I find that stuff fun, to be honest with you. Like, the least favorite part, if it's a topic as a whole, would probably mm -hmm. just be that, like, doom and gloom concept that we're all yeah. going yeah. to not be able Agreed. to come back from this. But I try Agreed. not to, like, let myself become fully blackpilled because I wouldn't be doing this. Like, like, just doing a podcast shows that you believe that there's hope. And just podcasting Absolutely. in general gives other people hope and expands it. So just off of the fact that people are listening to podcasts shows that we're not fully blackpilled yet, you know? Right. And see, I'm the, I'm one of those people that, um, I have enough positivity for other people too. And 
I am never like I I never let things get me to the point where uh like what's the point we're all going to die no one's going to survive you know like some people get so like uh depressed in their thought process I, I just can't be that way because and I know it sounds gay but <laughs> <laughs> I have like I have like pure joy in my heart and so I would much rather send that out than send anything negative out. So, see, I try to give like yeah. a positive outlook on stuff. So I'm the same way where it's like, oh no, there's going to be food shortages, but learn how to prepare, learn how to do this, right. learn how to farm, exactly. learn how to do that. So it's like you got to bring the light in with the dark. I guess you could 100%. say it's like you can get into dark occult shit, but then like also follow cryptids and stuff because it's like it brings just mm -hmm. like this hopeful light of there not just being a dark reality like if you get too far into like the pedophiles and elites like you just right. get this dark mindset where you can't get out of it but as soon as you bring in right. cryptids and then it's like oh it could be something scary or it could be something interdimensional like or it could be this mm -hmm. or it could be that it's like it brings in this this just it lifts the veil of darkness a little bit and makes it so this community right. as a whole isn't so dark knowing that there's still like uplifting concepts within it, even though some people might perceive them as dark, but like, it, it's all just a matter of perspective of a uh, perspective, you know? Right. A hundred percent it is. And, and some people like are equipped to handle uh, certain topics and some people are not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that's okay. That's, that's what we're here for. So um, tell everybody, my dear, like where they can find all of your stuff at. So I'll make it, I'll just run down the line, I guess. So Increase of Our Reality slash Big Dumb Increase with Kyle, which again is like a swap cast style show. So both of us posted it on our feeds. Also shout out again to Kyle from the Big Dumb Podcast. Um, Woohoo. <laughs> cow, cow. Um, Love you, boo. <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs> no, we say some really, uh, some really weird shit to each other behind the scenes. <laughs> We're always Do not like, I appreciate you, bro. The trade secrets. <laughs> I love you, bro. I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> but uh, if anybody wants to find that stuff, um, I put everything under Linktree links. So bear with me trying to say these links because I like to make sure people get them right. Uh, L I N K T R period E E slash increase of our reality podcast. Um, if you want to come and find the show that Ghost and I are starting up, uh, the first episodes won't be dropping until the beginning of September, but we already got the first episode recorded. We got more on the way, so just stay tuned for updates. Uh, Bizarre Encounters with Ghost and Shane. Uh, the shout out again to my third eye ghost. Um, Woohoo! Love you, ghost. Also love you, ghost. <laughs> I got to say it every time you say it, because I love these same people. <laughs> um, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. B-I-Z-A-R-R-E encounters because i know there's like three different spellings to the word bizarre depending on what you're using it for um and then if anybody's interested in checking out open minds media be it if you're a creator you're a listener uh you want to find some new podcasts to listen to you want to find some podcast help just all around anything not even just podcasts like i was saying all creators so we got artists in there we got paranormal researchers we got video creators authors any of that fun stuff uh l-i-n-k-t-r period e-e slash open underscore minds underscore media. And there you'll find the link to the featured podcast feed, the Instagram email for information, uh, the link to the listener discord. And if you want to get on the creator side, just send us a message and we'll send you a link to that. Um, all that fun stuff. 
all my shows, everything, they're all under those links. You can find the feeds, social media, all that fun stuff. So, you know, come check me out. Come drop me some reviews. I also appreciate it. Come drop Janet some reviews, of course, because we always appreciate reviews. So well, duh. hit us all while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, My Third Eye and Ghost and Kyle, Big Dumb Podcast, throw them some reviews too because they definitely exactly. also deserve it. <laughs> Show them all some love. Show everybody in the community <clears throat> that is nice people some love. Just go on a nice five-star ben, uh, bender. Just every every podcast exactly. you see, just five-star every one of them. We all, we all deserve go it. Go and say, I absolutely love Janet and Deplorable Nation. I absolutely love Shane. And all and inquiries of our reality, bizarre encounters. Is that what you said? Yep, bizarre encounters. And and, and uh big and dumb inquiries. And so yeah. Because why not? If anybody knows who the person is that I've been talking about that I have issues with, also give him five stars because again, we all put hard work into it and we all deserve it. Yeah. And if us absolutely along, the dude still deserves five stars for what he does. So yeah. do that while you're See, at it. We're ni- we're nice. We're nice people. Yeah. So, Mr. Shane, it was a pleasure having you on today. I absolutely adore you. We're going to have to do much more stuff in the future. Got to have Mr. Kyle on again. Just had Ghost recently. Got so, the big dumb inquiry yeah. boys have me and Kyle on. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to have to have I'm going to have to have y'all back together. So, anyways, I appreciate you so 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 much for joining me today it was an honor and a privilege to host you today my dear and it was an honor to be on the show thank you so much for inviting me i had a lot of fun and i can't wait to have more conversations in the future and become even more friends as we progress now that we've had this exactly uh, i call it face to face but screen to screen (laughs) like the podcaster face to face you know (laughs) kyle almost got me face to face one time last year in Denver, but that didn't happen because he got his girlfriend got sick. Hey, if you're in Tennessee, time. I'm in Michigan, so there is I a good am. chance that I do go south. So maybe one day I'll, I'll actually get to meet you because it seems Sweet. like everybody's east coast or west coast. So anybody yeah. that's in the middle, I'm definitely going to take advantage of hopefully getting to meet them because I haven't gotten to meet any fellow podcasters realistically yet. Oh man, <laughs> we had a we had a meetup last year and it was so much fun. Yeah, so. We're going to have to, we were trying to plan another one. And then um, when the gas prices like hiked to hell, uh, plane tickets went berserk and and shit. And people were like, yeah, no, can't travel right now. Because a ticket that was, you know, 90 bucks for me ended up being like 575. And I'm like, yeah, no. Mm -mm." We're making jokes about getting the podcasters that are like East coast that I'm friends with. Well, not full mm-hmm. East coast. Cause Kyle would be involved in that too, but I guess he's kind of straight down and over, but finding a spot that's right in the middle of like me, yes. ghost, Ryan, yes. um, Kyle, and finding a place yep. that has like a cryptid area and spend a weekend <laughs> going cryptid hunting <laughs> as podcasters. <laughs> Cause why not? If you're going to go camping, you might as well also have the fear of there being a Bigfoot. <laughs> That's going to be a highly entertaining trip. I hope I get an invite. If you're in Tennessee, you'll be right in the middle. You might only have to go like an hour out. Shit. You can come and look at our woods. I don't know. Just like 10 dudes walking around with flashlights. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? It'd be so funny. Shit. 
we'd start it off as a documentary and it would just turn into a satire documentary of all of us that just is, pretending like we're making fun of like ghost adventures, but with cryptids. A hundred, a hundred percent. Oh my God. It would be, it would be the most hysterical episode ever to be released. Seriously. Getting all of us together with our sense of humors. Holy I just moly. imagine like, you guys see that tree shaking, but do it really bad and have like ghost like standing there with like a, <laughs> with like a ghillie suit on, like. <laughs> shaking the tree be like it's a bigfoot and you still see his hand in his face and he just like hides it <laughs> it'll be humorous we're gonna have to talk to him about that oh boy well mr shane i love you dearly and thank you again so much for coming on today and thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you check out the video version on Roku TV on Patriot Podcast Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, download, and give a five-star review on that as well. So for me and for Shane, have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.